podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 20, Episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Stork, and that is indeed why we come back. Exactly. If you missed the first song, you should go check it out. England's Gold, one of Stu's best. Well, thank you. It has great great sentiment, and that is why we come back. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. A couple things I need to uh, update you on. Uh, For those of you who go to Twitch dot com slash happy jacks rpg live you will find that that page is dead we were finally able to get happy jacks rpg we're trying to unify all of our usernames or all of our urls we were finally able to get it but it killed happy jacks rpg live so so if you have happy jacks rpg live bookmarked like i do don't don't <laughs> the safest thing to do in all cases is to bookmark happyjacks.org slash twitch. There you go. Because if it changes or something happens, that will always repoint that where it's going. It's not set right now, but I'll change that. I swear I will. Um, and of course, if you want to uh, email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Uh, we're on the social medias. We're on tweeters, uh, happyjacksrpg. We're on Instagram, happyjacksrpg. We're on Twitch, happyjacksrpg. See? See how it works? Uh, and also, if you want to watch the stream live, you go to happyjacks.org slash live, and you w- we're sounding squawky. Are we sounding squawky? We might be over... over. Are we over-modulation? Am I over-modulating? Over-modulating. Let me, let me see if I can... It, it happens. It's, it crank seem, it down. It seems that those listening live, because I've done this before, too, it seems like the, it, it overblows or blows. Well, we're down to... It's, it's a minus... Two and a half TV. We should be good now. Yeah, no, minus two and a half TV. Yeah. I just turned. Right. Harumph. <laughs> you watch your ass. Uh, so, yeah, you guys let me know if it's okay. Um, also, uh, this Sunday, we'll be playing Mode of Sin. I think it's 38. And then the next Sunday, we'll be playing Mode of Sin again. 39. Sunness interrupt us. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, quickly. Allie was. Okay, well, I'm well, doing sh- in the middle of a show. Allie was alone, but <laughs> <laughs> she let Dolly constantly bite me, okay. and she wouldn't do anything. Tell her, tell her not to do that, and if she does it again, tell her to, don't talk to her. All right. Hi. Do you want to talk to her now? No, not yet. Just tell her I said that. That, that was like when that the interviewer was like in the middle of that big thing about Europe and stuff, and his kids run in and they're dancing around, and the, and the mother has to run in and pull them back out again. Yeah, yeah. Hi, um, childless interrupted. So, so this Sunday we're playing Moat, and the next Sunday we're playing Moat. Uh, Dave's out of town, and I need Dave to help me co-GM uh, Dead Rain. Right. So Dead Rain is going to come on the following week. So Den Ra- Dead Rain will happen two weeks from this Sunday. Of course it is. It would be two, two weeks. weeks. Um, but that means that Mode of Sin will be back-to-back for the two, next... Two moats. Double moat. Double moat for the next two weeks. Uh, and uh, the... And We're and not sure. After that, we made we, it may be two back-to-backs of... Dead rain, just to get everything back on schedule. Right, right. We're not sure yet. We haven't decided. Um, Your child has locked himself out. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad. I know. <laughs> You'll unlock the door for him. Oh, okay. It could be important. It could be. I'll mute your mic. Go All ahead. Right. All right. Hold on. So uh, we've got that going. Oh, by the way, if you haven't checked out Dead Rain, uh, we just recorded the second 
session of it this last Sunday, and we uh, are going to po- post it this coming week. So, and that's by the way is sponsored by Palladium Books at palladiumbooks.com. Thank you. I would like to thank them for sponsoring our show. And here he comes again. Yes, Zachary. This has to be really quick. What? Ali turned off the TV because I was using it. Okay. All right. You may turn the TV back on. Tell her I won't talk to her. I'll tell you what. I can read it, an email if you want to go in. And if you want to start the first yourself. email, you can totally do that. Um, I will start the first email because it's only the two of us. Playing with time. Oh, I wrote. I wrote a response to him there. All right. You want to finish your preamble and then. Let's wait and see what happens. All I right. think I can read it. Okay. I'll, I'll try reading it. All right. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It's only the two of us. What happened? Where, where is everybody today? Uh, no one else signed up. All right. Yeah. We're doing a show. Mm-hmm. Say hi to 200 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, leave your brother alone, please. I don't care. I know. I know. Steve. I, I, I don't want to hear. I only bit him because he was kicking us. Okay. Thank you. Have a nice game. I will. Yes. <clears throat> well, we could bring the kids in. They want to be here. We could have they they sure have do. four people. No. She does. No. <laughs> Sorry, sweetness. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with time and narration from Julian from Paris. Bye. Bye. d'Anton un autre jour. I think that was my reply to him. The French barely like us as it is, and that's not going to help. I. D'entendre. Her, 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 d'entendre un autre did jour. Did you Google Translate? I did. And, and I'm how, trying to remember how it's how how it pronounced. It. Right. Salute le héros Jacques et Jacqueline. I know the Jacques and Jacqueline, the female ending of right. I've been listening to the show for a real long time, and I've even wrote an email or two over the years. Today I'm writing again about some things... I'd like to try in my next D&D 5e game set in Dark Sun. These days, I've been mostly playing indie games, and when friends I haven't played with for a long time ask me to run a D&D game for them, I couldn't resist but to bring some of the things I'd learned from the hippie game side of gaming. Uh, I'd like to have your thoughts on one of them uh, playing with time and narration in the game. I hope I'll be clear enough for you to understand, as English is not my first language. Well, French isn't ours, and I think that your French is better than our English, and I think English is mostly based on French and German and Saxon. French is a mutt. It'll be fine. French is a mutt language. Or English is a mutt language. French is not. French is not a mutt language. Romance. 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 Um, uh, let's get to the point. I'm I'm thinking of using techniques like flash forward and flash back in the game. The campaign is set in Athos, the world of Dark Dark Sun campaign setting. Players will begin with a character just before the fall of Tear. Uh, they will have to choose their sides in the conflicts that will shake the region and so on. As I know they love to explore myths and legends, old ruins and such, in every campaign we've played together, they will soon come across the ruins of a city burned in the sand. Buried in the sand. Buried in the sand, sorry. At at that point, 
uh, we will make a second team of characters from the time the city was still in its golden age. Then we will play scenes in the past and scenes in the present, switching characters. I think I'll give them control over this. Say they visit an oasis in the present time, but the writings on the wall of the cave are too old to read. They can decide to switch to their past characters to go to the same location and try to and try getting access to the cave. What would you want to do as a player? Be able to decide when we switch time periods or let the GM decide. Keep up the good work. Uh, You're on your 20th season. My own podcast will begin. It's 4th in September. Congratulations. Um, And seasons in podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can only hope that we last as long as you and be half as good as you are. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, Julian from Paris, France. P.S. When I first started listening to Happy Tech RPG podcast, craft beer was still in its infancy in France. But now we have pretty good IPAs over here. Beware California. Just as you've learned line, w- wine making, mm-hmm. we have learned to craft beer. Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> I wish French. we could, I wish people could <laughs> ship beer here. That would be awesome. But it's one of those things that's difficult to ship. Uh, at least in America, yes. yes. We, have, we have entire like, federal I'm laws turn your mic back based on, on that. Oh, what a great idea. <laughs> Or not, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he put his mic maybe. on. I forgot to turn Maybe you should have heavy muted. No, it's only because I... Yeah, well, I know. Sorry. We're all right here. Everything's fine. We're fine. How are you? So I'm thinking... One of the things he mentions is then they're, he's gonna, they're, they're doing this stuff, and then they're going to have a flashback, and then make the characters... I'd make the characters beforehand. Mm-hmm. I'd have a character generation se- session, and let them know ahead of time, hey, we're running the game in two eras. There's an earlier era mm-hmm. and, a f- and a later era. Make characters for both of them. Mm-hmm. As far as when to switch, there's a couple of cool mechanics you can I, do. I kind of, I think the coolest thing for me, if I were playing, the coolest thing would be uh, like we're gonna enter um, a hidden tomb. Mm-hmm. So okay, you crack through, open the door, and you open to enter the tomb. Now we're gonna switch to the other characters. And scene. And now, now it's you know the characters from the ancient past, and now they have to whatever it was that they did when they went into the same place because that's going to inform the description the GM is going to give when the players in the current era come to it. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see what I'm saying? I do. I totally do. There's a to my mind. There's a couple of cool mechanics you can do. You can take you can take advantage of. That's that's one. Uh, another one is a limited amount of time that they can do it. They have like a, a gem that they can throw on the ground, and they can only go a certain amount of times back to the past to well, do not, stuff. Well, it's not it's not the characters that can go back to the past. The players are playing two sets yes, of characters. I, I understand, right? but 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 there's only like a certain maybe a certain amount of time, and that adds some tension. The other thing is maybe put it on a timer. They have like a they have like a a gem, but it, it runs out of power, and and they're able to at that point. Transition back because he he talks about they want to be able to access and decode stuff and at that point they may want to go back to the past to find out what the past is and then come back. So, I, I think we're I, uh, sort of well. No, I, I, I'm I'm wondering now are they are they talking about they they're going to have access to the, those characters' memories? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how I read this. The, the impression I got was that these are just people in the past, and what happens in history, what those characters do in history, is going to inform what's happening now. But there's no link between the characters. Uh, right here it says, Say they visit an oasis in the present time, but the writings of the wall of the cave are too old to read. They can decide to switch to their past characters and go to the same location and try getting access to the cave. Right. 
which makes it sound like at, on will they can then go back to the past. Well, that, well, I think he's just saying as players they can decide when they're going to switch timelines or when they're going to switch eras. Yeah, but but he's also saying that they can get valuable information from them that then informs the characters in the current... That, that one right there is... Uh, I'll read it again. Uh, say they visit an oasis in yeah. the present time, but the writings on the wall of the cave are too old to read. They can decide to switch to their past characters and go to the same location to try to get access to the cave. I guess my question is, those past characters, what are they going to do? And, and After they read the right. things, which presumably is a thousand years earlier or something, and so it's not as worn out so they can read it better. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's in a language that isn't dead yet. Right. Do they then translate that into a book, and the players can go f- try to well, find the book? And then they're in, like, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, or do yeah, they, yeah. Just they just know what it ha- what happened? That's, that's I'm kind of assuming the former. I was the, I was reading it as that's, right the, uh, that we would need to know because that's good. I mean, either way, it could be fun. Right. It could right. be fun either way. Now, um, if it is the latter, uh, it might be fun to have it on a timer where they can only go for say an hour. Right. And they have right. an hour to go back. Gather information and come back again, um, and maybe that adds a little bit of tension. Uh, the, the mechanic of going back and forth—I'm not—I'm not sure. That's kind of up to you about how magic works I in your world, how gates work in your world, how time works in if, your world. That's, if it's magical, it may just—it may just be two separate timelines, not two uh, separate timelines. Yes, two separate sets of characters. Because if it is what you're talking about, then mm-hmm. you're going to start to run into problems with Bill and Ted-isms. Well, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, we need to make sure that we put the keys right, over there. Right. <laughs> but they were already there, so we must have already done it. We, so we don't need to go back and do it. we got to learn to play music, man. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're right. You're totally I, right. So I, I don't know. The, you're going to create paradoxes for yourself. Right. But, I mean, one of the things that they could that he could do, and, and this is something that uh, Bill had... Uh, this, this, ha- this happened slightly differently... But Bill played in a Song and Ice and Fire game where everyone made characters and then the GM handed out pregens for villagers. And he sort of foreshadowed the bad guys of this campaign by having those villagers get attacked by a bunch of people invaded the village and, and slaughtered almost everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, I stole that same idea when I when I ran uh, in the, uh, the original Eldemy game before we started recording them. Okay. Uh, where I gave everyone uh, NPCs, and and then the, you know, the evil mage came into town, and so the players could experience almost like a movie when you know you're, mm-hmm. here's the good guys sitting around in the tavern, blah 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 blah. All of a sudden, cut, and here's a dark figure walking into a town alone with ominous music in the background, killing people left and right. You've actually done this a couple of times. I oh, actually, yeah. and I actually wanted to talk to you about this because you've had experience with this. You did it with uh, the vampire game. There's a time travel moment mm-hmm. where people made new characters and came back, but their character, but the oh, stuff that's true. they did informs right. it. Uh, you did it in a, a, a con game. You and Bill ran together where everybody was playing. Uh, they, they thought they were showing up to play heroes, but they, ended they played up, sidekicks. They ended up playing sidekicks, right. which isn't quite the same as time travel, but it is a complete pulling the rug out from underneath the characters right. kind of thing. You don't want to pull the rug out, but if, if they're right. playing the ru- here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. If he had a let's say, okay, they come to a ruined city. Why is the city ruined? Mm-hmm. What happened to the city? Or as they're approaching this ruined city, he hands out some real weak NPCs, and it's a hundred years earlier or fifty years earlier, and you know a, bun- a band of marauders come in and start slaughtering them, and they have to try to fight, and, ma- and maybe one of them survived and right. was able to document what he did or something like that that they can find. Maybe one of them scrawled something the the name of the bad guy who came and, and attacked them on the wall. Right, and then they all wake up, or you know, and they. <laughs> Flashback to present, and they're like, "Oh, hey, wait!" Right. Um, 
there's a lot of ways to handle it. I, I'm not, and you're right. The, the information isn't all here in front of us. I made one assumption. You made another. Right. Just from this paragraph. Um, as to as to how to handle it, how to how to how to like, do you want to let the PCs just go back and forth willy nilly between time when I they would, need it, when I, they need clues? I would or? leave it up to the GM, or the players could maybe suggest when and ha- and and role play a scene that took place in the past mm-hmm. to see how that informs the future. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we played the microscope. When you go through the eras, and it's like, okay, here are the characters of this era. How does this very critical moment in history mm-hmm. pan out? Because that's going to inform what happens later it, on. It, and I think that's probably what he's going for. I think, but it's it's hard to tell. But, but how would you do that in a? I mean, how would how would you go back to those moments when you need to? Just like like all right. So so let's say that you need information. I go back into time. I go back in time. See, I, not, I give I, myself information. They're not time travel. They're not. Ti- I don't. They're not. This. I know. This is I know. not time travel. I don't it think isn't. This is time travel. It isn't. But I, I yeah. If you give it to, up to the characters, they're going to take advantage of it. Maybe. That's the word I'm looking for. Maybe they might. Yeah. They Met- might. They might stretch it. Meta meta game. Yeah. That's it. Because really, you're entering. You're, you're you're basically giving them a huge meta game element and moment. Uh, and and despite it themselves, could be very tempting. Yes. Despite themselves, even the best of players are gonna. That's why I break think your game with. If this. I was going to run something where this is going to happen regularly, it's going to be. Okay, the characters are about to come to a, a place of hi- historical significance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened here. Everyone, get out your other character sheets. We're going to determine what historic, his, his, historically significant event happened right now. Mm-hmm. You don't really have context for it. Your other characters only have context for it, so maybe they're, they're, it's not possible to metagame. Right. We run that scene. Okay, then back to your present day characters... You walk in. This is what you've noticed. These are the these are the changes that have happened because as a result of the scene we just role played from from the past. And to be fair, that's kind of what's happening in the mode of sin game. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened when the with that little one shot game that you had that you're mining for details and stuff is coming to fruition. Yes, and, and that's and that's cool. But but if if they I mean, okay, let's let's take that as let's set that up as an example. All right, so so everybody's playing their characters. Would you give them a chance to go back to those other characters at any at any given moment? I don't think I How would. How would you make it work? I don't think I would. I think as the GM, it's it's at that moment at that moment where where the history of the scene or the history of the location they're going or the background of the NPC they're about to meet might be shaped by those other characters. Do you see what I'm saying? I, no, I, I, I think totally that's do. It's how like I it's would. Been now locked in, it's now locked in time. You can't go back to that. Right. Is that well? Yeah. Well, but before the GM narrates anything about, let's say they're going to go meet an NPC. Mm-hmm. Before the GM in- introduces this NPC, he decides maybe this NPC knew the historical NPCs. Okay. All right. Or had a, a, some sort of encounter with them. What was that encounter like? Let's find out right now. Right now. That's going to shape. The personality mm-hmm. and the outlook, and the events, yeah, and the outlook of Everything. this new NPC. Right. It's something I don't think I would do a lot. I would wouldn't do it regularly, 
But I mean, you could literally. You, I mean, it'd be kind of funny to have like a, a group of NPCs who like work together well, and they're you know maybe some moral people or whatever. But the historical guys are just total murder hobos. Or yeah, or just it's a different era and there's a different time. And, and it's like no, no, no problems. Yeah. I don't help adventures because right. the last time I helped adventures, they beat me up and pooped on my chest. Or you know, or <laughs> yeah, or they were Persians and there were three hundred of us and we were stuck here and we, right. had, to, we had to hold the pass. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't trust foreigners. So, <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's a cool idea. I think that the idea... Don't fall in love with this idea because I have a feeling that the metagaming backlash is going to be awful. You need to be really, really careful because it's you're basically... It'll depend be, on the players, but it's, it it's going to be an awfully tempting and, thing And, and I'm do. not saying that you're giving your players the power to time travel, but you kind of are. Because you're allowing them to go back and affect things in the past that will then, or, or do then, things in the past that will then affect what's happening to the players in the future. So you have to be really careful. And it, if those characters are separated, right. if they aren't linked somehow, they all the players also are going to have the added burden of having to not metagame the stuff that the old, right. the historic characters did for the modern right. maker. And if they keep bopping back and forth, they're going to get really confused. And it may be hard, they know, that could be hard know. for them to do. Yeah, but well, I, I, I could is. see using it in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there was a, a great conflict, and there's these there's two nations that freaking hate each other right. now. Right, right. What were the events that caused this? Why does this family detest the other family and the other? I, I've you know, seen it, the other. I've family. seen it in video games where you play. Uh, a character from the past, and you're wandering and wandering around his skin or whatever. But and used correctly, it can be a great tool for the GM because now your players are giving you content that you can now mine for the for your for your game. Right. But used or overused or not used judiciously, they're gonna they're gonna ruin your game. The metagaming backlash is that's not quite the word I'm looking for. It's the metagame like, like you cast a spell and you get a. You get a, a backlash. I a would backlash. Call it a backlash. Yeah, the metagame backlash. A backfire. Uh, maybe. That's not what the word I was looking for. But a fumble. It'll come to me. No. An oops. An oops. The, meta, the metagame oops. Uh, it a may wet not fart. be worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Pedo con premio. If you want to know that in Spanish. The, uh, <laughs> the metagame skid mark might not be worth it. I, I'm just. I could see. I could see more going wrong with this than right. But. Stu's used it correctly a couple of times, and it's used judiciously. You only did the one shot yeah. with the vampire game, yeah. and and would you do another? Maybe. It'd be kind of it'd be kind of cool. I, I, I'm actually now I'm kind of thinking maybe the fortieth, the last episode of mm. Moat. Maybe I'll have all of the players play mortals who get attacked <laughs> by one of the one one of the one of the PCs or a couple of them. That'd be kind of an interesting little like sure. twist right yeah, at the very yeah, beginning, twist right, right at the end. Yeah. Just a little, just here's just a, a little reminder that you are monsters. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll do it before then. That'd be kind of a fun thing. Or maybe to do. we'll do it to ourselves. Yeah, might. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you, uh, uh, Julian, for the the email. And it's a really it. interesting thing. I I want I actually want to hear a bit more about this, a bit a few more details because he and I came to completely different conclusions, and maybe we can give you a bit more of specific advice if we knew. A bit more specifics. There's a lot of specifics. And in it. I always love hearing from someone from the the uh, the uh, birthplace of uh, Descartes. Okay, I was going to say critical thinking, wine, a lot, women, a lot, song, romance, French kissing. Oh, I would, uh, I would the the French fry. I, I'm going to read. In this some now. ways, maybe like the not the cradle of Western culture. 
but certainly an, a very critical part of Western culture. France, it is. Yeah, a lot of important stuff happens sure. in France. Um, before Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, Descartes, uh, Delacroix, what? Wine. Oh, yeah. There's been wine forever, but they make good wine. You know, actually, the Spanish make good wine too. Yeah. So does I it. had a fantastic. So does California. Yeah, California. It's not like the old Australian wine. <laughs> <laughs> among, among the fighting wines, <laughs> actually, Australia makes some killer wines these days. The the uh, the uh, there was something else I wanted to mention, and I don't remember what it was now. Well, I'm going to start reading, and when you remember, you can just interrupt me. A breakdown of Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Hello, fellow podcasters. I've oh, been. That's from James from the the 1D4 podcast. Oh, I'm, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. It's James from the 1D4 podcast. Uh, uh, hello, fellow podcasters. I've been on an AP kick, uh, actual play uh, kick, with uh, several podcasts, including yours. Uh oh. He's judging. He's judging us. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's listened to several actual plays, including ours. Oh, that's fine. So now I'm getting back to catching up on the regular shows. I just finished season 19, episode 17. Okay, hold on. Mighty Buana says, uh, the, invent- the home of freedom fries and freedom kissing. Right, right. Yeah, I, knew I, was gonna, I knew I was stepping into it at that point. And without french fries, we wouldn't have poutine. He's Russian, right? Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played the main God version. <laughs> I appreciate the straight line. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for. I just okay, wiped. Never mind. Okay. okay. Oh, don't worry about it. I told yeah. you should have moved. All right, it's up. Uh, <laughs> I gotta start over again. In which Gina was on, and you guys were talking about Burning Wheel. Honestly, I haven't played the main version of Burning Wheel, but I have. Run, uh, I have ran Mouse Guard, the second edition version, about three times now. I ran it once for my convention back in May called ID4 Con. He's a little self promotion. Alright, don't correct me. 1D4 Con, it's a little self promotion. <laughs> and I have released two actual plays on 1D4 Cast AP feed. Uh, Mouse Guard is really easy to grok once you understand what is going on. The problem is that the system is very front heavy, meaning that there are a lot of rules that you have to know right up front to make the game work. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Also, the concepts it uses are very different from a D&D approach, which is even more daunting for some veteran players. This is going to be a long email, so take a drink now. This game has two phases. Player phase and GM phase. The GM phase is when you are in conflict, whether fighting, foraging, or debating against other... Debating? I guess it is. Yeah. Debating against other animals, the seasonal weather, or the terrain. The player turn is when you are at the various settlements and is used to allow characters to recover from conditions gained from conflicts. Find various mice around the towns to gain information, find and acquire items slash supplies, or do anything of that sort. During the player turn, each PC has one free check to spend. However, additional checks can be gained during the GM turn by using your traits against yourself. Example, you have the, the short trait. Use it against yourself by making it harder for you to attack the owl that you are currently in conflict with. Bless you. The GM phase for this game is very different from the normal game. The GM presents a conflict, such as an owl or a snake attack, a debate between the PCs and some townsfolk, the weather, making a journey more difficult, etc. 
some conflicts are added as a uh, as twists for failing skill tests, such as a failed scout roll uh, leading to the group's snake's nest or something similar. Once presented, the PCs figure out the best mouse to take the lead of the conflict, either the one for the best, uh, either the one with the best traits for it, or the one that caused the conflict to happen. Yeah, that's just vindictive. You started this. You handle it. That's what it should be. Right. The GM and the players discuss what the stakes are, such as if the snake wins, he eats a mouse, or if the players win, they chase the snake away, etc. Both sides then roll dice and set up their dispositions. The conflict is over when one side's disposition is lowered to zero. Each round consists of three actions, as mentioned by Stork. The GM chooses his three first in secret, and then the players determine which three PCs will act around and which actions will them, they will then perform. The GM and PCs compare their actions and resolve them uh, either as an independent test or versus test, depending on the actions. Whew. The four actions are attack, remove opponent's disposition, feint, nullifies the defendant, Maneuver used to give opponents disadvantage by removing dice and giving your group advantages by adding dice to future rolls and defend, regain, lost disposition. Got all that? Yes. You sure? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I've, re- I've read. I know. I've read some of Burning Wheel, and I bought Mouse Guard, and I and I was going to run it for my kids, so I I, I ran through, I ran it, and did the whole character gen. Yeah. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, and depending on the conflict type, different skills are used. In a fight against an animal, uh, attacks use a fighter or hunter skills. A negotiating attack will use the haggler skill. And in a journey, the attack will be represented by using the pathfinder skill. The group is encouraged to help it. So basically, a journey is, is you're attacking it with your pathfinder skill. Sure. The group is encouraged to help each other by offering skills and knowledge, known as wishes, along the same narrative as how a player is helping. Th- there isn't a limit to the help that can be received, but if the test fails, all participants share in the failure unless they uh, unless they use the wishes to offer advice. Characters have special things that they can use called fate points, not the same as fate core or persona points. Fate points can be used to make sixes explode, persona points can be used to tap the mouse's nature, and that number of dice in his action dice pool. Consequences are imposed if, if for this if the action isn't in line with the mouse's nature to hide, escape, climb, or forage. Of the round, if both sides have the disposition points, another round is taken. If one side is out of disposition, then they lose the conflict and the other side gets what they want. However, depending on how much they lower the winner's disposition, they can compromise and add conditions such as tired, injured, sick, angry, or hungry, or break, lose certain weapons, equipment used in the conflict. Other conflicts can even be brought in as a twist of events as well, such as bad weather or other predatory animals. The GM and the players talk it out to find the right solution for the narrative. Yeah, Whew, I know, that is a lot. And that is the system in a nutshell. <laughs> there is more to it, but those are the basics. If you like APs, you can listen to the ones I posted on the 1D forecast or check out another podcast called Mouse Guardians, which is a longer Mouse Guard actual play campaign. I have learned that one of the players at the con, who was relatively new to role-playing, got her husband to buy it for her after they got, she had such a good time. That made me feel really good. Anyway, I'm really enjoying your APs uh, and regular shows. Catch you guys later. Sorry for the long email. Thanks for reading it. I hope it helped to understand and spark some interest in Mouse Guard and moved it to the top of my favorite role-playing game list. James, the 1D4 cast. Here's my problem I had with Mouse Guard. Uh huh. Is the rules never went away. I spent. Yes. I, you spend a lot of time 
adjudicating rules and not very much time playing your character. There's a lot of well, I do this, I do that, and there's a, there's a thing for this and a modifier for that, and then I do this, and I, and the rules are they. It's even worse than fate. They just they never fade away. They're it's like always in front of you. <clears throat> it's it's the same sort of thing they say about fate and also about Powered by the Apocalypse games. And I think there's a learning curve. Of course. See, the thing is, when I when I when I learned GURPS, read through the book. My reading retention is low. Anyone who watches any of our APs and knows how much, or knew how much of the Vampire 20 book I've actually read, which is an enormous amount of it, knows that my reading retention isn't very good. But To be fair, that book is not very well organized. But yeah. It's not well organized, but I have probably read almost the whole thing by now. A couple of times. Uh, maybe. Yeah, to try to remember rules. <laughs> but um, when we played GURPS... We would we started. I read combat. We kind of ran combat, and then I went back and looked through it again. And went, oh hey, you know, we we there's this, some this thing we missed a rule here. There's something else that you we should be doing. So then from that session on, we would remember to do that thing. And then you know a, a few sessions later, something else would come up. We'd go through. We'd find it and go okay. And then, but it was a, it was the it was a learning process to play the game. But you could still play the game without having learned the entirety of the rules. Mm-hmm. Because whether it was by design or not, GURPS doesn't break if you're not using all of the rules. A lot of games kind of do. And you know, Don't sugarcoat it. They do. They absolutely break down. If you don't follow everything to the letter, you, you are not playing the game as written, and it's not fair. And S- Savage Worlds, for one. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. If you're not following the, 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 the combat rules, especially your like, ranged combat exactly the way you're supposed to, suddenly you're like, whoa, dude, ranged combat is crazy powerful compared to everything else. It is if you don't keep track of things like cover and stuff like that. Right. But, but th- there's a lot of games... That you have to use apply the rules in their entirety. One of the one of the roadblocks, I think, especially for people with old brains like us, is with Mouse Guard, with Fate, Power by the Apocalypse. It's a very different type of way of role playing. It is, and because of that, and because of the fact that I think we're kind of used to games where you can sort of incrementalize. Your knowledge of the game as you're playing, yeah, okay. It, it's it you, you you don't do that with these other games. It's like okay, when you're you're when you're playing Powered by the Apocalypse games, you play the game this way. You know, when people yeah. say certain words or certain phrases come up, they're activating certain. Yes. What do they call? They have a name for them. I can't remember what they call them. Uh, d- d- depending on whether it's a. It's a shift or a no, no. That's fate. Your power by the okay. Well, yeah. Moves, on. moves. Yes. It's like oh well, you're activating a move. There's specific rules for this move. So you have. To, so as a GM, you kind of always have to um, keep this different way of thinking about role playing games in your head while you're playing it. You see what I'm saying? I I, and that, I do. I also think that's kind of an excuse, and you're kind of pussyfooting around the around the fact that. Well, there are thousands and thousands of people, maybe yes, tens of tens, yes, who yes, enjoy playing yes, all of these games. Yes. So, because but it, when it becomes second nature, 
Yes. It's not going to be a problem. Yes. And I think that was his, that was basically what he was trying to say in the very front, which is it's very front-loaded. It's a lot on the GM. Exactly. Right? And, and if you have a GM who has grokked all those rules, figured it all out, it probably makes it easier for the players. But I, I watched an AP or two of Mouse Guard, and the rules never go away. If This is a game for people that love to meander through rules and tactics and crunch. It's not really for people that I... The way I'm... The way I like to play, which is sort of much more open-ended, and like I want to try this, I want to do that. This game seems very, very well. You have to do it according to this and follow this this ladder. And it's built that way, and and, and that's stated in the book because if it's not run that way, it's not going to work right. Right. Well, yeah. Well, then the presentation is a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. the, The burning wheel presentation. Yeah, you guys are all idiots if you don't play a game this way. I yeah. didn't realize I was buying a Bible. Right when I bought, I, but even the Mouse Guard game, <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it's very GM heavy. Uh, There's uh, a lot of pressure on the GM. It, in that game. Totally, I, and I get that. But even even if the GM gets all your rules, it's still. Once something happens, there's a lot for everybody to do. And you spend... I remember watching an actual play. There was about a 45-minute sort of rules adjudication going on that was about as exciting to watch as paint dry. Right. I'm like, so... But that's going to go faster. When you hit something. The more you play, it's going to go faster. I'm not sure if it does. Because every mouse has a, has a point that they have to... Well, I'm going to help you with this, and I'm going to give you that, and then, all right. But that's all gonna, it is is an it, owl attack. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen faster. It can... If with more but, experience, but, but, and there's bookkeeping involved, so everybody has to make sure they get you know the, the, right. it. It was not my cup of tea. I get it if you like, if you really like having your action happen with a great set of rules, and once you set up all those rules, then you roll your dice and you and you find out what happens. Because basically, you've set a great resolution, right. right? You've set up a construct. <laughs> there's basically you've constructed an algorithm, and you roll your dice, and everything clicks into that algorithm. They're like, oh. Everything fell into place, and this is this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Ah, oh, wonderful! But that's what it is. You just spent an hour and a half setting up a a machine. That then you roll your dice, and that plugs in your randomizers, and then everything falls into place. Mythigo Two said, "Just play Call of Cthulhu." Uh, the system fades away. There, it's it's a gameist game, but it sits in the background. And Call of Cthulhu is a very traditional role playing game. Right. You have your stats. You have your skills. It's percentile based. It's a simple mechanic, and it's a matter of the GM to determine when you need to make a roll to do something. And I like my randomizers to be random. I like, you know, Traveler's also great. It's just two dice. I'm like, hmm, I don't know if you can do that or not. Give me, give me, roll me two dice and let's see what happens. And right. then your randomizer hits the table and you're like, you succeeded. Yes, you absolutely can open up that door. Yes, you absolutely can hack the computer. That's, that's all I really want. I just want that randomizer and we move on. Right. I don't want to sit around and take that randomizer with your randomizer and you're helping me with this and then we go through that, we set up another thing, we set up a whole formula, then we roll our dice, we plug in the numbers, yes, you failed. Speaking of what speaking of <laughs> speaking of randomizers putting pressure on GMs, yeah. the L five R RPG beta test was finally released today. What do you think? Um, I barely looked at it, but I did look at I first went to the dice mechanics <laughs> because I wanted to know. And they've, they've taken the best of both worlds. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask, because well, L5R has a lot of dice, right? Which makes it, you have to do some math. We have to add, basically, kind of and well, work it, stuff out. Roll and keep. But, you roll a right. pool of dice, and you keep the right, highest, right. generally. But now they've, now they've added still roll and keep. cryptic figures. Yes. Yes, they have. They've, they've, if you like the, uh, the FFG Star Wars game, 
and you like L5R, you are going to love the new L5R. What if you don't? Well, then you have 4th edition L5R. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, is, is that a dead branch, though? Are they supporting that anymore? Who cares? With that? It, they made so much stuff for 4th edition. A ton. A, a ton of stuff for 4th edition. I don't need my support. I don't need them. They can. No. I, I'm going to come up with my own stories. I'm going to make my own world. Exactly. I don't need their support. Fuck that. But the basically, uh, when you're doing uh, your basic skill rolls, you have ring dice and skill dice. I don't remember which is which. There's D6s and D12s. One of them is the ring die, and one of them is the uh, skill die. So you take a, a number of, I think, I, I skimmed it, but I just went through and got the gist of it. You, but you, you will take a number of ring dice and a number of skill dice and roll them, and you will keep a certain number depending on what chicken scratch shows up on the on the on the dice, right? Okay. Sorry, which no, not I want to say chicken scratch because that sounds like I'm no, I'm, I'm bashing on the Japanese language. What chicken entrails? No, show no, that's up. Celtic. That's all Celtic. <laughs> no, it's not Japanese because no, it's like a circle and there's a squiggle and there's different symbols. I get it. And and I, and I'm like uh, now the, the they, only the only kindness because I think someone realized. Hey, there's no one, no way for anyone to play this game because the dice don't exist yet. Right. There is a dice app available for Android and for iPhone. Uh, it's like five bucks. You have to pay for it right now, even though you're playing the beta. But whatever. And they're making money on both ends. <laughs> Here's what bothers me. It's like everybody has a bag oh, full of dice, hundreds of dice, and ring? they have to now sell you proprietary okay, dice. Those are shitty dice. You need our you good need dice. Our good, you need these dice so that we can play our game now. Uh, well, the ring is a D6 and skill is a D12. Yeah, what? it still but, doesn't... And they all have the, chickens, the, the chicken entrails on right. them. And you have to... I'm not. I'm not. Gro- I'm not buying that. I'm. I'm pissed. I. You know. I. I looked at it. The, the nice thing is, there's character generation rules there already. It's not like here's the rules. Here's some pregens. Here's some adventures to run so we can test the mechanics. They gave you pretty much a whole game right there in well, it. I'm going to get ass booked. I'm glad they lubed it first. Right. That's but, a, that, so you're saying so at least you got. You know, you're only getting ass. At least you get a complimentary bucks. lube with it. You're only getting ass fucked for five bucks. <sighs> Because you can't buy the dice. Even I, if you I wanted know. to, you Even, can't buy the dice. Yeah, right. Why? Okay, just hypothetically speaking, why do you think they're making this a proprietary dice thing? Is it, were they in trouble with the rolling key? To sell them. To sell the dice. Of course they are. Okay, so this of is. Of course they are. This is, they're making money on their money, and then they're even have a dice roll. They could have tweaked the mechanic to say on a D12, yeah. you need a 5 or higher to succeed. Was the mechanic. And if it's an 11 or higher, this extra thing was happens. Was the mechanic so broken that they needed to fix it? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> so terrible! I mean, it's just totally unplayable. <laughs> Therein lies my problem. I, everything was fine. They kept. They kept. The, one of the things I like about Roll and Keep, at least for me, someone who's pretty math challenged, mm-hmm. Roll and Keep is very inscrutable to me. It's very difficult for me to look at. It is right. Is 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 Roll Ten Keep Three? Better than roll six, keep five, or keep four. I have no idea. I don't. I don't. I don't know which is better. I so know. I'll never. I'll never like min max a character because I have no idea. Right. I know more is better. Right. But is more keep better than more? Depends roll on the, depends on what you're playing. Uh, depends on, uh, on on what you're what you're working against. But, I mean, it depends. The uh, I just don't. I, I don't I, understand, I and I don't want to understand the, how how the dice distribution affects and that, the, between roll and keep. Even when I do understand, it doesn't affect me. I'm like, all right, so that's the probability of two d six. 
I still have to roll these 2d6. I don't care that there's a book with six pages of charts for the probabilities. I, <laughs> I still have, have to roll these dice. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it might inform how you make your character. No, and it's going to inform how I roll the dice. No, but it might if you if you know that a plus 3 is better than a plus 2. And you can take the plus three. You're going to take the plus three, well, that, right? Because more is better. But is it better to have more roll? Right. Keep dice. Okay, or here's, more the, roll here's dice. the. You know what I'm saying? That's that's. Yeah. Okay, so you're 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 justifying the fact that they're making these these. No, I'm not. I'm that's roll and keep. That's the old system. It's just a business standpoint, is what is what I'm no, saying. That these yes, guys are basically absolutely, right. absolutely making money on both ends of this. They're selling you dice that you don't need. Well, you will need if you want to play their new game. Sure. And they're selling you a new game that wasn't broken. They've made a new game now they, and broke the old game. And well, they're going to convince know. you how bad the old game was we to sell you the new game. We don't know if it's broken. We don't know, we don't just, know if they broke it. I just, here, here's the thing. <clears throat> I've not read through the dice mechanics. I'm a little worried because there's more than one symbol that shows up. It's not like success or failure on these dice, right? Yeah. There is. There are other symbols, and I'm sure those other symbols are narrative cues for the GM to come up with shit off the top of his head. I just write that down. Narrative cues. That's really awesome. That's a great turn of phrase. Go ahead. That that, that the GM suddenly has to. Oh, you made a perception roll. Oh, uh, you made your perception roll. But some horrible tragedy has to happen. Oh gosh, I don't now, know. Now, now what do I what, do? What horrible tragedy is going to happen when <laughs> I ask I you to, to, to work even harder? You know, and it's like if I ha- if you're playing a, a total freewheeling where the GM has yeah. nothing planned or is not expected to have anything planned, and it's just a total 100% improv. Great. That's fine. Right. But if you actually want to do something and have something planned, but now you have to come up with some tragedy because some guy made his... Made, fucked up his role. Or, and or, you made, have to, or made his role right. to see something in a, something that's barely consequential, and now suddenly a, a horrible tragedy has to happen. And right. as a result of it, it's right. like... So off the cuff, you come up with something, that. and now you're like, oh, no, I've just flummoxed my story. Oh, <laughs> and it's got, and, and you know it's and if it's something like that happens, you know it's going to derail whatever it was you were planning. And maybe the players were right along there with you, so you weren't railroading. You came up with something right, interesting, I, I and then it. all of a sudden this thing comes out of left field <laughs> because you have to now say, "Oh well, the stork storked it." Yeah, you yeah. rolled a despair on your um, shoe tying skill, <laughs> so um, your arm is broken. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, I'll read through it, and I will at least look at the, um, look at it in, with an eye toward using it when we run L5R. But I'm going to read through the dice mechanics and make sure I understand what they're doing. I don't want to open up with hate. I really don't. Because I, I really liked L5R. I really like what they do. I, I think they have the best of intentions. I just smell 4E. And I really hope... That they don't do a 4E to themselves. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I really want them to succeed. I really want it to be good because I do like. I, I do like L5R. I really like playing it. An enormous amount of it looks very similar. Okay. It looks like what they did is they just got rid of the D10s and they've replaced them with their own proprietary okay. dice so they can sell them. Yeah. And and I mean, if you guys are out there and you're listening, they're not. Be really careful. I really like L5R. Don't break it too far. Don't don't. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's new. It's exciting. You want to change it. All, all I can do is... It's I, not broken, though. All I can say right now is, as a GM, if I decide to run it in in the beta, I reserve the right to ignore any 
crazy ass shit on a roll. <laughs> right. I, I'm not doing it. Because you did the Star Wars thing and you were like, I, I saw it, it happen. You were like, rolled and you're like, this is a lot of work. I don't know. What else happened? Somebody else tell me what happened because I'm getting a headache. It's, like, it's like pulling shit out of your ass fatigue. Yeah. Is it, it, it is. It, that's, that should be on a t shirt. <laughs> it's, not, it's not helpful. At some point, it's just tiring. So, so Flying Jackalope says that John Wick is going to re- release uh, Key Tie, which is a 7C L5R. Which is what L5R was thinking. Right, with. <laughs> right, right, right. I think it might actually be out. Uh, somebody has posted stuff about that, I think, on our forums. Um, uh, it says John, he is releasing. I yeah, don't know yeah, if it's I out think there. it's in release. Yeah, it's dropping, I think, even as we speak. Somebody posted It's like, dropping like his latest single. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> dropping like my testicles, but it, it, I mean I could be wrong. But right I, I remember I, I, I could see some stuff. And John Wick is a local guy. We actually have uh, connections with John Wick. Yeah. Uh, I played. I met him. Uh, yeah, he's he's a bitter man. Like so, I love him. Uh, but uh, he, the, I think uh. he's got. I think it's out. I, think I don't know out. if I've met a game designer who's not grumpy. Right. <laughs> right. It's this. It's a cruel world that I've met in person. No, um, uh, Dave Kazay. Dave Kazay's not grumpy. Um, and there's the, the guy I interviewed. I got to put that interview up from Gen Con. Uh, I can't remember his name. Off well, then I can't help you. I don't know. But he was also he was not grumpy. He was actually very nice. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. If, it, I, if 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 John Wick drops before then, maybe we'll yeah. look at that one well, too. Maybe. But that that can't be set in Rokugan. No, no, no. I'm sure that IP went to well, FFG I, with. Does it matter? I mean, we're gonna play our own game. You can call it. I'm gonna call it Rokugan. Kakuron. I want to. Call- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rokugan. seriously, this is your world. Do whatever you want, or it's our world. Do whatever we want. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not beholden to your canon. That's the other thing. People are uh, like beholden to the fluff books. I'm like, I'm not beholden to your damn fluff book. I'll take the Githyanki and I'm going to use them however I want. I don't need, you know, I'm not going to. Well, actually, in the D and D world, they, they would have been. No, this is my world. I'm using that character. Anyway, I, I, I just, I think that we sometimes get too caught up in all of the fluff, all of the the actual full-on books, and we're not having you know, fun playing a game that we, you know, taking right. it and adapting it to our own. I think you didn't I the crane. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't mind the fact that FFG has decided to come up with proprietary dice for their games. I understand why they do no, it. No, it's money. It is money, and it's hard to make money with role playing games. Absolutely, it is because you we, you buy a book. Yeah. I go buy this. Yep. Vampire Twentieth. Yep. With just that book, you could play a ten year long campaign and have constant, constantly have new shit. That you know, flummoxes the players. How many times would you buy that book? Once, Once. and that's the only <laughs> thing you're going to have to buy to run it. Now they make expansions with extra stuff in them and so uh, that. That's... But in a lot of cases, you don't need that stuff. If you've got the time and you've got the creativity, you can come up with a lot of the stuff that they've come up with, right? Right. Uh, Hero is a perfect example. They used to come up because Hero uh, equipment. Monsters, stuff like that. You can use the basic hero sure. system to build all that stuff yourself. They've gone through and built, you know, here's the hero bestiary that has a tons of, of which, monsters. Which, in if it. you've ever built, like, I don't know, say an armored character in Hero, you buy those books because you're like, gosh, 
I just spent four and a half hours of my sure. life, and I've only gone through. Oh God! Oh, look, here's one that's pre-built. Done. Right, but I mean, but you can build. You can and 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 that like uh, uh, the storyteller system is mm-hmm. is simple enough where it's not difficult to come up with numbers of what you want to build a new piece of equipment or whatever. It's not hard to figure out how that stuff's going to work mechanically, but. You don't. You, my, my point is, you don't need a lot past the core book right. if you've got the time right. to do all that right. stuff. So, for a company to to go out and and pay for the license for Star Wars, and there, you know, the and then have the books and the splat books that mm-hmm. they've been coming out with, mm-hmm. and it's like you know what we might let's make a proprietary dice because there's not much else they're going to be buying, right? And they can buy more of those, and we'd be right, 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 right. So, and so I totally understand. I why understand they do the that. mechanics behind that. I understand. I totally understand the business acumen behind it. And even Steve Jackson, when we interviewed him, basically said, "If you want to make money, don't make a role playing game, because you only buy the book once. You and you have the rule set. And how to make a million dollars with a role playing game? You can make one. Start with five million dollars. Right. Two. Burn four million of it. You can." You succeed. can make a light bulb that never burns out, but you're never going to make money. You're never. You, right. I mean, how do you make more light bulbs? Oh, you make money well, if you only make the one light bulb. Well, yeah, there's, there's there's all kinds. Nobody's of buying about, more light bulbs. About that. Right. Well, but that's kind of the way it is. It's like I made one book. That's all you need. I'm now or, an, or an iMac or an iPhone, <laughs> which suddenly miraculously started getting glitchy since the really. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't that funny? Huh. How do you do that with a book? Oh, that's right. You make new dice and that. Oh, no, they all, it's completely wrong. All right. I just don't want it to be another 4E. That's all I'm saying. I, it, it doesn't... I mean, I, cursory glance. It looks like all they did is they, they, they came up with a different... They, 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 they tweaked... They didn't change a lot, from what yeah. I can tell. But they tweaked the, um, the dice mechanic as to use... Their proprietary dice, right? And and, and it, I can't really. There may be some even like arcane business rules. I know with movies, if you don't use a property within X amount of time, it goes back up for auction, and people can then like get it. So if you don't make a shitty Fantastic Four movie within X amount of time, you lose the rights to make those shitty Fantastic Four movies. Sure. Yeah. So shitty Fantastic Four movies are made just so they can keep their hands on that property. Well, it's the same reason. With the hope that someday they'll it's make the same a new reason one. Spinal Tap comes up with a new album every certain exactly. number of years. So maybe there's they some have arcane to, to exercise the license to keep to keep yeah control of it. So and I, some of them are good. I'm just saying that maybe there's some other forces at play. I'm just I just really hope that I mean it really wasn't broken. There were some tweaks they could have made, but. We'll see. I mean, we'll I, see. I, I'll, I'll read through it. And and, and, and if you're out there and you're listening, love a playtest. More than willing to try it. Maybe a one shot. Stool GM it. I'm sure. No, well, Zazam Zazamond Zazamond said you can't trademark RPG mechanics, but, but I think you can trademark copyright whatever the dice. Absolutely, I'm yeah. sure you can. Yeah. But, but game mechanics aren't copyrightable. Right. Or aren't Trademarkable, and now with the 3D printing, dice are cheap to make, so they, you can make all the dice you want, and anything that's proprietary. 3D print the dice because right now you can't, you can't, uh, you can't, you, you oh. can't get dice. You have to use the dice app. So all you programmers out there, somebody get get, get screenshots. <laughs> We're not of those encouraging dice. that at all. We're not encouraging, We're not that, not at all. encouraging that at it all. It might be an interesting experiment to see if it actually is a 
I mean, you could, and the, the other thing is you could come up with a little cheat sheet because it's it's D six conversion and D, a conversion chart. And basically, it'd say everything above a six yeah. is a success. Yeah, everything yeah. an eleven or twelve means this happens. I mean, it wouldn't I'm be sure. that hard to do. It, there's the dice roller app. Yeah, you could just do that. Oh, 3D printing dice would not necessarily be mathematically balanced. Oh, actually, I, you know what? At this point, because there's no dice that exist, there's better than what you don't have. Oh, no, I don't know. An unfair <laughs> die may not be better than a than a no die at all. Another all right. one for you from Charis. Charis. Uh, greetings and salutations, O oh great archduke douches of douchedom. It is I, Charis, one of your humble servants. I call upon you with another one of my irritating questions. This one will be about house rules and s- rule splicing. Oh, I like that. As an splicing. avid Wad and Savage Worlds fan. <laughs> Oh, sorry, World of Darkness and Savage Worlds fan. Because Wad, Wad is a whole different thing. <laughs> Carry on. Wad. You said Wad. I did. Uh, I have been tinkering with some um, sometime with splicing bits and pieces of the latter into the former. <coughs> so Savage Worlds into World of Darkness. So from the latter. In, yeah. Uh, one prime element from Savage Worlds I really like to fit into Vampire System is the initiative system with cards. Uh, so far, I have come up with something that looks roughly like this: each character okay. gets a number of cards equal to the lower of their of their wits or dexterity, right, which is so what you would right, normally. So, right. So now you're looking at an array of cards. Okay, and keeps the highest plus one card for each level of celerity used for extra actions. That is cool. Well, okay, so now I've got three cards. Right. And you and you can... Those are when you act. Okay. Because, you know, in Savage... In well, Savage no, wait, just start, wait, okay, right. wait. This naturally leads to a bit of balance issues, since now celerity actions no longer take place at the end of the round, but may prove a fun alternative to keep track of the order of play. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, especially uh, with the suitable deck of cards. I'm also brainstorming an alternative uh, using the will... Using use of willpower that is a bit more similar to how Benny's work, mainly by providing re-rolls instead of guaranteed successes. <coughs> I, I think that depends how stingy you are with um, willpower. willpower. I'm stingy with willpower, yeah, you so, are. so having it be an automatic success is fine by me. I got one left. I need to figure out a way to... Well, you have to remind me when you do something I, that is apparently, true to your nature. Yeah, well, we're just, uh, all the time. I, I'm well, a loner survivor. Did, did you hear the remind me part? <laughs> My fault that I suck yes. at this. It's my fault. It's your fault that I don't remember. Uh, but that's me. What about you? Do you have any favorite bit from that one system that you would like to see more, or think that that would benefit another system? Uh, different, another system uh, benefit a, a different system considerably. Alternatively, do you think it's heresy to, uh, and submit me to the douche to be douched by flames? Take a drink. Yours sincerely, Charis. Can I have another beer? Absolutely. Here, look. It has this handy dandy. Ooh, eight oh five. Is that a freeway? Is that named after a freeway? Sure. Why not? I probably is there eight oh five freeway in California? No. You Maybe. Sure? Uh, no, I'm not. It's probably up north. If it is, all the eights are up there, right? I have no idea. Um, I, I don't mind doing stuff like that at all. 
I mean, we've added we've added the the help a player mechanic mm-hmm. that we've added mm-hmm. to our APs <clears throat> changes for system, but it's basically introducing something like a Benny system mm-hmm. in every game we're running. Some games just have Bennies, mm-hmm. but a Vampire doesn't have them. But I, I give the players extra dice, it's extra set of dice. And for those of you who don't know, the, the help a player basically is uh, if you're watching live as a as a as a listener or watcher, you can if you have enough is it enough beers? beers you spend if you have enough beers, you spend. You, and you you accumulate beers or points for by the amount of time that you end up watching the show that you and can gambling affect <clears throat> and the gambling you can now affect the outcome of the game and, and can, they have and they have they have absolutely, absolutely yeah. affected the way combat uh, damage uh, a bunch of other things have happened during the play of our vampire games when there I was think some, people when there would was some be dead if we didn't have. Uh, a couple of help a player dice, or different players would be staked right. if they or, were help a player dice. Right. <laughs> right. So, so it, it it actually is because basically you as a watcher can now affect the game. So you oh, kind of help to play the game. The eight oh five is in San Diego. Mm. Okay, there it is. Is it is this a brewery in San Diego? Mm, Firestone. Firestone? No, California Central Coast. So, well, maybe they named it after because they really like that freeway in San Diego. Because that's not nowhere near Central Coast. First of all, with the with the celebrity card thing, that, that, that's, that's really awesome. I I, I I like the card thing, but I, I think it, it's like it's like that quote we like to say: "Why problem make when no problem have you don't want to make?" I mean, it's their initiative isn't broken. I mean, other than the fact that you have why cards, problem make cool, when you no problem have you don't card want to make? Go to try to adjudicate how many cards you have and how many cards you get to go at. I. I is it is it any better than what's already going on? Is it any? It's different because now have cards, but is it any better? Have you fixed something that was wrong? Have you improved it? I don't think you really have. You just now they're holding cards so they can. I mean, I have three of these, so I get to go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you've improved it. It. it, 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 it I don't know if it does or not. But I mean, I could, I mean, if you like the way that mechanic works better. If you're, especially if your players like the way that mechanic works better. Well, I, what I love about the Savage Worlds uh, initiative mechanic is that uh, uh, once I figured it out, is that you hand the you have the 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 deck passed around for each player each time you go around. So then they deal it out, <coughs> and it's not the GM's responsibility to figure right. out who. And is the nice thing about it, there's a visual it. cue on the yes. table. You don't have to write yes. down everyone's initiative. And nobody's mad because they all got it dealt by another player. Right. Uh, completely random, and they now that's their card. So it, it just solves all the whole. Are you sure I should have gone first? All of that stuff is off the GM's shoulders, and that's what I love about that that system. Plus, as you said, there is that card right there. I'm a, I'm the six of diamonds. I'm ready to go. Here it is. But uh, I don't think the vampire thing needed fixing. I mean, other than the fact that if you well, just if you like have it. cards, I mean, the the, the the one system that I have mentioned this in the past several times. I really like the way the fear mechanic works in L5R. Mm-hmm. You suffer a certain amount of fear, your character becomes less effective. effective. Yeah. As your character becomes less effective, you and as a player are going to make the metagame decision, i got to remove my character from the situation because no, I'm no longer going to have a chance against this thing. That's not metagame, that's tactics. It is, it is. Uh, but it's, it's a retreat. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's the player making a tactical decision yes, yes. that is emulating yes. a character deciding to run away because he's too shaken by what he's seen. Absolutely. Or and that's, uh, that's you know a, when you're outclassed. I think that's there's a, a mechanic to it as opposed to just you as a decide, deciding. It's a, it's a great confluence of, of narrative and mechanics. Yes. Because the mechanics have their concrete effect 
that informs the narrative. Right. And I love that about that mechanic. And I, I wish it was easier to come up with those kinds of mechanics. And that mechanic specifically is important because mm-hmm. most players will fight to the death. Sure. They, tooth and nail. They will hang on to the last thing and then they're, then they're mad at you for killing the character. Until like, you start taking like, a you dice roll. You could have run away, dude. You could you could have retreated. I never retreat. I'm a I'm 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 a bard. I never retreat. Or, or like, I'm or dude. I'm I'm a mighty warrior. I never retreat. Or I'm I'm not a mighty warrior, but I think I am. Or right. whatever it is. It's they but never when, retreat. But it's, but when, but it, when, when the they tell you, oh, by the way, you're going to be at neg twenty to all your rolls from now on. Oh, oh fuck! Now, now they, now they're like, okay, so the mechanical. All right, so the best thing to do is leave, right? Right. Yes. It, it takes the onus off their pride, I guess. It, that, and <coughs> you're right. That is a great mechanic. That yeah, should that's be. my. That's one of my favorites, and that's something that I would like to figure out a way to add to other games. I actually really like the Savage World Chase rules. I thought they have a very elegant. Uh, uh, chase system, which is, and I, and I can't sum it up right now, but uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and because there's not many games that actually even give you rules for chasing, right? Uh, you know, how do you? It's just a matter of math and calculating moves and seeing well, who, who is the guy going to get away or not? Right. Because if if his move is seven and my move is six, but he's going to get away. What do you do in D and D? There's no chase rules. No, <laughs> there's there's no retreat. Well, that's what I'm there's saying. No, you just, I know, you keep just, shifting the map. Just adjudicate it. Yeah. Okay, how, how he's he's now thirty squares away. You're gonna keep uh, no. And that's uh, something that you can introduce without breaking a system. Uh, Cloak seventy two said that uh, Sergito is going to be running a session of the new L five R beta tomorrow on Discord around six p.m. Eastern time. So, excellent. Sergito, one of our uh, diehard listeners. Yep, he's been around since since the beginning. I believe he has. Yeah. Or very close to the end. Um, Do you have a favorite bit from one of the systems you would like to see more? I'm sure. I'm sure. Gerbs. I love subtractive armor. That's something I really oh, love. I love, I love uh, a traveler. I just it makes it makes <clears throat> everything so much easier. It's like you have armor that's worth two or three. You you do four points of damage. The armor takes away three. You have one point of damage. That's just right. done. Solved. And it solves everything. I, I kind love of. That. I kind of like. Uh, uh, storyteller's uh, mechanic better because armor adds to your soak roll. So there's still a chance. I mean, if I, if I have, if I'm using a weapon that does one d six damage, let's say I'm shooting an arrow at you, mm-hmm. and you're wearing armor that has a dr of six, mm-hmm. I will never do a point of damage to you. Never, ever, 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 ever. No. But there's still a, that, that oddball chance that one might, you know, slip past the pauldron into your shoulder or. Go through the the slit in your helmet. You know what I'm saying, right? Right. And and th- so if you have a soak roll, it slows the game down. You can. But if you have yes. a soak roll, it it it, it 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 says okay, yes, you get extra dice to your soak roll because you're wearing armor. Right. So you're more likely to soak all of the damage of the arrow. But there's a chance if you get a shitty roll that you won't. So right. I, I kind of I think that's kind of a. Um, Personally, I think that's kind of a, a, a better in-between, sort of. The other alternative is if, if you have the soak, well, if you have the subtractive armor, but then the armor takes damage, too. I think this is Rune Quest, Dragon Quest, one of the quests back in the day, which is your armor had a certain amount of damage it could take before it failed. Right. So it was yet one more level of bookkeeping, but as as awesome as that sounds it was just harder and harder to play you know it's like oh wait i've i've been attacked 14 times i've made it back to town my armor is useless right not fun 
Um, yes. All right. Uh, let's see. How to promote a game. I don't Julie know if that helps. in Connecticut. It's your turn. Oh. Hello, Stu and the douchebag commandos. I am a longtime listener. I did read the No, yeah. you're right. It's my turn. Hello, Stu and the douchebag commandos. I'm a longtime listener going back several years. I Excellent. hope that you and. Uh, all can discuss this on the air and provide some thoughts. I recently started running games at the local comic book shop and I'm having a difficult time getting people to come. To the game. To the game. (laughs) We're 14. (laughs) All the games are being promoted as episodic. Light rules, friendly to new players, and all materials are provided. I've chosen settings that uh, should appeal to the patrons of the store. A superhero-themed game, a multiverse hopping Rick and Morty-style game, and a a paranormal research and defense game. They are scheduled for Saturday afternoons. I promoted them on my Facebook page, invited people with my friends list who I think would appeal to. The comic book stores likewise promoted via their Facebook page, creates the official event. What usually happens is 12 to 20 people sign up as interested in the game, and when the day comes, I only have one or two players and I, who I specifically bring with me. Oh, that sucks. How do I convert <clears throat> the interested players into actual players? Thanks for your help and the years of good advice, CT. You know what? If you could figure that out, I, the entire gaming world will be indebted to you. There is a, let's call it a <coughs> flake factor involved with a lot of gamers and and then they're uh, maybe it's it's uh, 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 they have f- a fear of commitment maybe they over schedule maybe they just I, I just like to think they flake they forget they sign up oh this sounds cool I'll do that and then they just completely forget that they did that and I'm not gonna make excuses for them but uh, a lot of gamers I know are flakes it happens a lot um. I, 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 I thought about this question a little bit, and I was trying to come up with how. What are ways that you can kind of get people to have more skin in the game when they, all they've really had to do is like rip off, tear off the little tab at the bottom of a, you know, like the, the players wanted. Have yeah. you seen this dog? Yeah, yes, right, I have. Right. Right. Yes, right. Um, how can you convert that to more interest? And I think there are some ways you can do it. None of them are guaranteed. No. One of the things that I think would kind of be interesting would be to say, okay, uh, put up a, a flyer at your local gaming store, wherever it is. This is a, at a gaming store. Where she's comic, book. comic book store. Okay. Put up a flyer at the comic book store, and behind the flyer, tape the five or six pre-generated characters you're going to run for the game. Ooh. If you would like to be in this game, put your name here with your phone number, and pick which character you want and take it with you. And you can look at it and bring it with you when we, when the game starts. Now, or, is that Gary? Or even have a URL so that they can, like, the, you know, they, no, they actually, take the, yeah, the let them, thief and they can go check it out. Let, let them take the, the right. physical character sheet okay. with them. Because that might act as a reminder. And maybe on the character sheet is, here's the time and day and the address when the game is going to be. You know? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and now, are you going to get all those players? No. No. But you're going to, but you're getting, you're probably going to get more because when you give someone something there's more they feel more compelled to to it's cold play is getting loud yeah it is there's a cold play concert going on right now at At the the rose bowl Bowl, which is like a mile from here um parking was a nightmare by the way i bet but that's gonna you always just park my driveway um the 
Now you tell me. But if you give the I'm players here. something, they're going to feel a little more compelled to follow through on their commitment. Well, not hopefully, not yes. always, but a little more. Right, right, right. So, if you were to, if you were to either, you know, say, if you're interested in this game, uh, uh, below here is a little tear sheet of the synopsis of the game and a rule summary yeah. of the game that we're going to be yeah. playing. You can, something that they can take with them. That you give them a little physical something. Now, obviously, that's a lot more work for you. Yeah. Does it work? Have I tried it? No. It's just these are things that I'm that I just thought of that I think would be here, here was my original thought, which is, you know, gamer folk are kind of shy folk. They're 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 sure. kind of awkward folk. And walking into anything where you're cold and and you don't know anyone exactly. is always always difficult to do. It's so, always for okay. everyone it's difficult to do except for those very tiny few people who are actually people persons. They're usually not gamers or narcissists. And they just figure, you know, everybody likes Everyone loves me. Right. Why not? Uh, I, I wonder if some of the people that signed up, like, showed up, but were too timid to jump in. I wonder if if you had, say, four ringers, and you started playing with them and just got these games going, if they showed up and like, hey, I signed up for your game, if it was more than just two people sitting around awkwardly trying to get a game to go. I'm, I'm I guess what I'm saying is I'm wondering if a game was going and it looked functional, it looked good, it looked fun, the people that signed up, and maybe maybe they did show up. Maybe they were like hanging out, looking out to see if it was safe. If it was going, maybe they would jump in. Maybe they'd say, hey, yeah, I, I signed up. I'm wondering if you should just show up Play games with your friends. Anybody who wants to join? Well, that's what she's doing. She, I think. She, I think the goal is she's trying to find more players. I get. It. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh, I get it. Vampire Fifty Four said, "If the comic shop is on board, they can have the sheets at the counter yeah. to hand out to interested players." Sure, that's true. You might also be able <coughs> to talk to the um, the comic book shop. I, I mean, and you never know unless you ask. Maybe like uh, people who played in this game can get. A coupon for five percent off their next purchase. Sure. Uh, the other thing is, <coughs> people don't want to look dumb. They maybe they're gaming curious. They've never played a game, and but they don't want to feel like fools. Um, perhaps maybe even just running a demonstration or two. Have it with support of other Maybe maybe five of your friends show up and you guys run oh, mouse guard or something, and people can show up and they can watch it, and from there it could it could spiral up. But to ask people to just show up sometimes can be a real... It's really scary. I've done this before. I've walked into the shop. I've looked at the names. I'm like looking at like, all right, there, thank you. this guy's asking for a game. I, I, and you show up and, hey, are you Wayne? Yeah, all right. I signed up for your game. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, instead of putting up a flyer, put up a sign-up sheet. Or ask for their email. Maybe not their phone number, but ask for an email. I, I think that there's this... <clears throat> It's almost like a dating thing. It's almost like a Tinder thing. It's almost like you need to get to know these people. You can't just expect people to blind shop. There's a, there's a handful of people that are that are brave enough to do that. But you'll always go on. I'm you'll, not. You'll always go on one date. Well, okay. You'll always All go right. on the one date. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> okay. And, and here's your million dollar idea, everybody. You need to set up a gaming app that's set up like Tinder. There, there's tons of those. <laughs> you could, you, you, what? Not like they're not like right Tinder. Way? They're not like Tinder. But right. there's there's. Uh, NearbyGamers.com or .net. There's there's several sites that try to help okay. connect people who are trying to play. See, I knew it was a million dollar idea. Somebody already had it. <clears throat> I don't think anyone's made a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the first guy did. I bet you no one made a million dollars. <laughs> Gamers are intrinsically cheap. They'll never play for. It. They'll never pay for. Right. It. 
Um, I think, I think the barrier of entry is, other than the fact that they're, they're being flakes, and that there is a lot of that going on, is that they don't want to. They don't. It's scary. That's all. You know, I, I know you're not a scary person, but it's scary to just show up to a group of people you don't know and put yourself out there. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that. And it's not you. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's them. <laughs> it's, not you, it's them. <laughs> It really is because it is. It's hard. I mean, if you think about what what gets yeah. you, what gets you to, to to willing to show up to something like that. I mean, anyone who's interested in doing that, that I mean, like like me, if I went in and I saw Bolt and Bird saying, "Hey, we're going to be playing a role playing game here at Game Empire on Tuesdays," it's like I'm already in three games. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. So it wouldn't work for me. But if someone like can't find a game, isn't in a group right now, and wants to play something, or wants, especially if it's something specific or or whatever. Um, and they look and they say, oh, yeah, I'd like to play that. But what's going to get them, what's that thing that's going to get them to get past the awkwardness of being around and sitting down with a group of people that they saying. don't know any of them? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's going to have to, it, it's going to have to be something that, something that compels them yeah. to do that. That's exactly what it gets them saying. past that. And the really, the only thing you can do is just be as friendly and open as possible. The other thing that I might suggest at your game shop or your comic book store, mm-hmm. I hate to say this because Let's see. Come over store. Uh, let's see. We've got um, multiverse hopping, Rick and Morty style game, Bureau of Paranormal Research, uh, and defense game, superhero themed game. Uh, gosh, I don't see D and D. Sorry, that's the other thing. D and D. There's a reason. When we, when we did the Elder Me game in Fifth Edition D and D, it was you know very well received and listened to. And that's the other thing is that people might have played D and D and never played Champions, they, they or Savage Worlds, and they might feel very comfortable with a D and D game. Like oh, it's D and D. I know D and D. Right. I can do that without and I, you know, looking it, the fool. And you're, and you're trying to promote other games, but maybe to get those people in, you need to start with. You know, hamburgers and French fries, and, and again, and then move on to the. And the again, I, that strengthens my point, which is do some exhibition games, do some one shots with you and your friends at the game at that comic book store, where you know maybe it's, it, invite people can hang out and watch you play a Champions game, watch you play. Uh, I don't know if people will do that. They, well, they, they're regardless, gonna go, regardless, they're going to go online and watch that. I think. It's possible, but but put that out there because then people get to know you, get to know the style, get to know what the game is. They won't they won't feel like they're completely. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not saying this is going to work. I mean, like you know, we're just we're trying to. We're, well, these are all, all just I- ideas. Yes, um, but but I think that if you were to prove to people that you know you're a you're a good GM, you have an interesting uh, game system. Maybe they're not familiar with it. Take a chance, but you can prove to them with that with a with sort of an exhibition game or so, and just you know run two or three one shots of a, a little mini con at the comic book store with oh, you and your friends. Uh, Diabolic Wombat just brought up an amazing point that just gave me an even more specific idea. Uh, on the day of the game, make sure that you have a sign with something that tells strangers you should be here with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't make them have to interrupt or ask if they're in the right place. Right. Here's what you can do. Set up your table for six players. Set character sheets out for six players. Set dice out for six players. And then get little fold a piece of paper and said, this seat is empty. If you would like to play, please sit down. You yeah. don't have to ask. Right. And then put, hang those on the empty chairs, and then and then people can can if they who knows it might work it might it might not it may not 
but it's worth trying. But if yeah, and he he brings up a very good point. When people are in the middle of a game, other gamers know game etiquette. Right. You don't want to interrupt Do when someone's in the interrupt. middle of a game. You will watch, but you're very polite and you stand back and you listen and you watch. And at some point, you want to you want to interject, but you don't feel like you're welcome. It's like, dude, I think you should attack the cobalt. Oh, sorry, not my game. I don't want to kibitz. Don't want to, don't want to kibitz. And, and people think they're intruding if they walk up to a table, even if there's a bunch of empty seats, and they say, can I play? No one would ever do that. If, you were, if you're, play, if you're you know, an hour into a con game, and there's three people sitting at a table, you're not going to walk up and ask if you can join. No. It's impolite. Yes. <laughs> so what you do instead is you set the empty spots and just put a sign on the back of the chair that says, if you would like to play, please sit down. You don't need to ask. Yeah. Period. Done. <laughs> Done. That's it. Solution. That's it. I love that. In fact, I'm going to go try that. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to try that for dates. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like... Just put a I, sign that, up on your I, belly. I'll if you would ta- like to sit down, I'll, I'll do a tattoo on my gut. Because <laughs> chicks love gut tattoos. If you can read this, you're too close. Uh, I, 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 I have I have no absolute solutions for this. I think that you. I love the fact that you really want more gamers. I love the fact that you want to spread this this game, uh, the, the 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 joy of gaming. There's a book in there somewhere. The joy, the of, joy game. of gaming. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Man, they're, it, it, gamers are fickle folk, and they're shy, and they're scary, and some of them are weird. And, and that's okay. I, and you're trying to get people, are. and you're, you're trying to promote but the hobby, I, and, that, and God bless you for doing it. I can't give you a list of solutions for all of the weird and troubled and and just broken toys that are out there. Gamers as well. Yep. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's difficult. But perhaps I'd really like the whole the whole chair thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that. that Diabolic Wombat. Good yeah. on you. That's the, that's the idea some, of the week. Some exhibition games so that people realize you're not just a douchebag or or, or or at least get a passing idea of what the... And I'd be, I bet you'd be surprised. People that show up on the auspices of picking up the new Mr. Miracle comic books, they'll hang out for an hour, watch your game, and then three or four weeks later they'll show up and want to play. And you'll be like, hi, who are you? Well, you know, I came by and you were playing. It seemed like fun. The other, but they may the other, take them that long to come up with, you know. The other thing you might want to do is, you know, go to Staples and buy a pack of business cards. You know, the, business, the printable who, business who, cards. Who, who reads business cards anymore? No, but here, here's... here's here, and, and print them up with... The Saturday Afternoon Gaming Commission, or whatever you want to call it, right? Okay. And and say, you know, here's where we meet. We meet every Saturday at two o'clock, and maybe on the back of it, put a little schedule for the next month or two months. We're going to play this on this Saturday, this on this Saturday, this on this Saturday. If you have a URL, put the URL on it. And and when you go into the store, and when you're getting ready to start the game, hand them out to people. When you you know go in to promote the game, hand them out to people. You know. Tape them onto the the bottom of your. Have you seen this dog sign? Yes, I have. If somebody hands me a card, I usually throw them away. Sure. Well, no, I, I've kept some. If it's something I'm really interested in, uh, I, I don't know. It's I don't have my wallet on. You me. know what? If you could come up with uh, with coasters, <laughs> with coasters, <laughs> this is the best idea ever. Basically, you make a coaster. They, they they say oh it's a business card it's got all the yeah, info you want on it though. and then and then they put it down and they're this like this is a labor of love and then they look at it. them and they're there all the time I and mean, the coasters are wonderful but I I get it I know what you're saying right but if you're gonna spend money 
Yeah. And you're putting on Facebook, yeah. by the way, you can target your ads on Facebook with laser-like precision. You can say, I only want this ad to be seen by people who are interested in these things who live in this area. Because obviously this is a, a local Freaking gaming store. Facebook with lasers on its nose. Right. <laughs> you can. But, I mean, you you can. I, I've done that when we have gigs and I, I, I do a paid or a prom- what they call it a promoted post on yeah. Facebook, yeah, yeah. and I'll, and it'll say I want people who are who have liked the Poxy Boggards page and friends of people who've liked the Poxy Boggards page who live within fifty miles of this address, which is, happens to be where the gig's going to be, right? And it helps. If that get, helps if you get four but or five it, people. But of that, course, that enough. costs money. Yep. So and that may not and, be in and budget. No matter what you do, nothing's going to make up for sloth and flake. If if people are slothful, people are flaky. And I'm so uh, sloth is my. I'm, it's pretty much the the deadly sin that I am most guilty of. I'm like uh, a, a stork at rest tends to be at rest, and a stork in motion tends to be getting a beer. I mean that's that's my mo. That's the way I am, and I get it. I mean there's a lot of gamers who are like, oh yeah, I signed up, and, but you know I'm just I, I, there's there's a firefly marathon on, and they're not going to get up and go. I cannot. There is no there is no solution for that. And we have it in actual games too. People just flake on games sometimes. They come up with excuses or whatever. But it, it, even even though, and here's the thing: once a game gets running, Stu has a schedule and he posts the like right. weeks or months in advance, so people know and they can, and you know, they it's can like clear their calendar every other Saturday or right. every other Wednesday or whenever the games. Are. We're doing all of our games that way right now. But well, and and. So once you get a game that's up and running, make sure you set up a schedule so that people can clear it so they don't have the excuse like, oh man, I didn't know you changed it. It's like, it was on the calendar. You've known for two months the game is coming up on this time at this, at this date. Uh, but that's only if you get a game up and running. You can't, you can't fight slack. You can't what? fight slack. You can't. You, you can't. You can rail I, I, I against actually, it. I actually think having a sign on the back of the empty chairs is a brilliant idea. Yeah, I like that. If you're interested in playing this game, please sit down right now. Right now. Right don't now. turn around. Nope. Don't don't sit there and linger. <laughs> you a hole, sit your ass down. Right now. Right and now. Then, we and want a, you here. As a GM, you could just do that. You're like, do you want to play? Sit down. Sit down right here, right now. Everybody, everybody. That, yeah. Right. Here's some water. Just here's like some complimentary water. Hi, sit my down. name's Bob. I'm a gamer. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. And give them some applause. That's right. That's right. You, you are playing. Sorry, you can't roll your own character. We're in the middle of combat. You are playing the thief, and you've just shown up. What do you do? There you go. Oh, uh, I have two characters here. You have a ranger and a thief. Uh, yeah, pick one. A ranger. There you go. You are... What's your name? Algaron. Algaron. Great. You've just shown up. What do you do? Right. Excellent. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. That's it. That's, the last, that's all we got. Hopefully it works. Hey, uh, email us back and let us know if this shit works. Because yeah, I, I want to know, too. And, I and, really do. And thank you for doing <laughs> something to yeah. promote the hobby. That's awesome. Totally. Um, that's it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sunday we got uh, Moat. Monday, I believe, is Tomorrow Legion. Yeah, Moat. Uh, yeah, and Monday, it's a Tomorrow Legion. I believe Tomorrow Legion is Monday. Okay. Tomorrow Legion. And then I think uh, I don't know what's on Wednesday. Uh, Max game starts, but I don't know if it starts next this next week. It might start this coming. Again, week. things are in flux. Uh, check the schedule that's on our webpage. Happy Jacks slash schedule. That's what I do because things have changed a bit. Uh, we have a lot of new games. We have a lot of games that are sunsetting. We have games that were only for a limited amount of time. Uh, if it, it, please just. Double check and keep checking uh, the schedule. If, if we change games, it should be reflected in the schedule very soon. We're we're expanding our games. Wait, what are we running now? Six separate games. You're 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 running two. 
I'm running uh, two and a half. I'm running well. I'm running one and a half. And playing in one. I, I'm co-GMing Dead Rain, and I'm running Moat. How many games total do are we running? Six. There's six. There's, There's there, six. Well, there will be six once everything's running. Uh, Mo- Mode of Sin, Dead Rain, brought to you by PalladiumBooks.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Interpol X, uh, The Spaniard's Ghost. Okay, Spaniard's Ghost is Savage World. Interpol X is uh, Power of the Apocalypse. It's Power Monster. Of the Apocalypse. Monster of the, it's Monster of the Week. Okay. Um, and then uh, Tomorrow Legion, which is Savage World's Rifts. And what's the other Monday game? Oh, no, that was, one of those is the Monday game. Run of the oh, and then Max game, which is going to be uh, an Old West werewolf game using Werewolf 20. W20. Right, and if you're not part of the forums, she's got a, she's taking all sorts of, uh, I don't want to say advice, but she's uh, open to it. She, there's, a, there's a whole section in there where you can talk she's to her. She's going to do what she wants. Yeah, I'll she tell is. you that. She's pretty much. I don't, I don't, I have not known Mac for very long, but she she's going to do what she wants to yeah, do. Yeah, and she's even said, <laughs> hello guys, I'm going to do whatever I want. But it's it's uh, it's fun to see her, her responses. Yeah. The thing about the Happy Jacks community is that what's wonderful is that everybody has input on. The games that we're playing, and even even while we're playing, I love that. It's yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. If you're not a member of the forums, please jump in. It's a mostly safe place. <laughs> we got rid of most <laughs> of the douchebags. Yeah, except yeah. for you, except for me, <laughs> except, and, and other hosts yeah. who, for some reason, it, it seems ironic to have to kick all them out. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, but there's a lot going on in the forums that you're not aware of, and, and there's a lot of gaming decisions that get made. Yeah, and there's also a couple online games running on there right mm-hmm. now. Like Sergito's running a, mm-hmm. uh, is running an L5R game, and uh, Proby Tim is running a vampire game. And is it vampire? And, the, and then there's always Jackrocon as well. And Jackrocon. So. It it costs uh, them to sign up. Do it. I I recommend it. Uh, mission. They're asking about Mission Unbartable. We should start using some Saturdays afternoons or evenings. I, as long, I, I'm available almost right. all the time. Talk to Dave. It's up to Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up to Dave. Mission Unbartable is a one shot that I did for the. Uh, Stork should run Spirit of Seventy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Means I'd have to actually learn the rule set. Hmm. <clears throat> nah. Maybe we could just have Dave sit in the corner. Stark, do this. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be great. I'll start, and then five minutes later, Dave will be in there with his hat, and, be telling him, and, and then I'll just leave and get a beer. It'll be awesome. Yeah, let's do that. It'll be perfect. Uh, the thing about Mission Impossible is, I mean, I could run it by myself. Dave could run it by himself as well. But I think the two of us together make a better. It's just, right. and we're set up to run to co GMs. So you you're, squeeze you're, over here. And you're good GMing with Dave. How much fun is that? Oh, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy. Isn't, yeah, he's like, well, he's m- like mostly what I'm in the Dead Rain game. Mostly what I'm doing is, is I'll, I'll sit out here at night and open up one note and and start like here's here's an NPC, here's a plot hook, vomiting ideas, right? And Dave took. He assumed that I had done this myself. He took like three or four disparate things and put them together, and was like, "Oh, that's an amazing meta plot you've woven together." I'm like, "What? What? Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does for like, me too. And he's like, says, "Oh yeah, the overall plot." I'm like, there's an overall plot. It's, that's what he does for me too. It's awesome. He, th- he thinks I overprep, but basically, I just come up with a bunch of shit and he puts right. it together. It's amazing. And plus, but that's how I run he's games one anyway. Of the funniest guys I've known. Yes, he is. He's so that, awesome. That's how I run games anyway. Yeah. Like, for the vampire game, it's like I'm going to say, okay, next session. Here's five things that could happen. And then when we get here and the players start moving, I'm going to say, which one of these five things I think might fit in here? In the interesting of jamming, it's nice to have somebody that has a soundboard. You know, you just bounce yeah. stuff off them and, and they come up and they bounce back this stuff and you're like, I, I never thought about that. Right. And suddenly the pressure's taken off you. You're like, 
Huh. Yeah, and you da- know what? How cool is that? And the nice thing with the Dead Ring game is Dave has been playing Palladium games for a long time. A That's what he started time. with. He started with this. Yep. And, and actually, he and Hozier Rob and Clockwork mm-hmm. all were all in the same gaming yep. group when they were all youngins. Yep. And that's what they started with was Rifts. Yep. So they all know the system yep. backwards perfectly and well. So, all right. I think that's about it. It's uh, 9.37, so we've done about uh, about 90 minutes. So, You got your money's worth. As far as you know. <laughs> Where's the right page? There it is. Oh, and uh, keep writing in, please. Well, you guys don't want to get the show. What? Keep writing in. More letters. Yeah, keep writing in. For joining us for season 20, episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And uh, we'll see you next Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, yes. happyjacks.org slash live. Join us then. And again, I would like, I'd like to thank palladiumbooks.com for, for supporting uh, Dead Rain. Forever the courage. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. And until then, we will leave you with a song. Bum, bum, bum.